20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to the Pack a Day Podcast. Steve Perhatch, Trevor Jossert. I'm Josh Circle. Thanks again for making us part of your Packers Day. Steve, a little breaking news here. Well, not exactly breaking, but uh, looks like Getzey is officially on board. The paperwork's done, and uh, he's in green and gold now. Is that right? It's officially official, tweeted out by the Packers about a week after everybody knew it was happening. So, I mean, that we're right on par with how the Packers like to operate. Everybody knows in the world what's happening, but we don't make it official for a couple of days I couldn't tell you why, but that's how they do things. It's an unconfirmed rumor that Paul Revere actually runs that Twitter account. So they run the tweet. <laughs> they run the tweet by horse through the streets of Concord and Lexington, and then eventually makes its way to the Twitter server. I, I, that's unconfirmed at this point, but uh, reliable sources. The lantern is a the lantern is officially up. Yes, yeah. one if by OC, two if by DC. So. <laughs> So, uh, are you like you like the way the staff's coming together? I mean, it's a pretty good mix of of young minds of talent. People know what they're doing, and and it feels like, uh, you know, Lafleur's got this thing uh, where he wants it. Like, you know, a young guy, you want to get a bunch of brains in there. You know, the McVeigh model. You got Wade Phillips on the other side of the ball. Uh, you still have Pet in there, but there's going to be like you know some uh, collaboration there. I think that's very positive. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you got to be happy with the way things are are trending. I mean, I would be happier if they would have pulled the special teams coach. I think it's Rizzo from the Dolphins, who had been one of the top special teams guys for about last couple of years. Yeah, that would have been a nice pull. I'm my my best guess. Obviously, I have no connection to anybody in Miami or anything like that. But my best guess is he probably I think wanted some assistant head coaching title because he was near he was, I believe he had that title as well in Miami. So he probably would want at least the same role in order to move. So but I think that's one of the bigger things they they still need to address is getting like a top guy because they've been so painfully bad. I think it's just in there for that role kind of keep, keep let LaFleur work on the offense, not have to worry too much about the defense and let Patton take care of that, and then you wouldn't have to worry a whole lot in the special teams. That's kind of my hope. So what do we what do we know about this Getsy guy? He used to be with the Packers, right? Um, former, former wide receivers coach. And then he left. What happened with that? And now then he worked at Mississippi State at basically the same position. No, he went to he went to OC uh, Mississippi State. And oh. then, uh, yeah, they, they offered to bring him back here. So I think he kind of wanted – from what I, what I read, he he liked his job, but he uh, he wanted to get back to the NFL. And uh, so when the Packers came calling, everybody loves him. It, it uh, 1265, all, like all good things to say. So I think this is a smart move of, you know, maybe Lafleur wasn't exactly Rodgers – first picked in the world as their head coach, but to bring in a quarterback coach for him, somebody he knows, trusts, and is comfortable with, I think that was probably a smart play. I did see, too, that the Mississippi State was 28th in the country last year in rushing yards per game. So does this this guy's got a little bit of rushing mindset, running game mindset in him, too, and that could be a good thing. Well, yeah, I think between between Lafleur and Hackett, I think if you everything we've seen, they're definitely going to want to run the ball. So, I mean, you've got Aaron Jones, you've got Jamal Williams. I'm not going to be shocked if there's a 
fourth or fifth round running back that's selected or somebody signed um, to be that third guy because they like to utilize the running backs. And, I mean, that's a really good thing when you have two good ones on the roster already. Absolutely. So that's official. Luke Getze, quarterback's coach for the Green Bay Packers. As we get into the offseason here, guys, there was a tweet from Ian Rappaport about Jimmy Graham's deal and year two coming up on this now. And he is due a $5.1 million roster bonus, which seems like a high price to pay for the mediocrity that he provided this past season. And Steve, I my question to you would be, do you keep him around or do you save $5 million by, by cutting him potentially? Because I feel like tight end is, an, is you're going to have to address this anyway. You're going to have to find at least one other guy. And if you have to get two other guys, you could probably pay $5 million bucks, uh for both of them. Agree or disagree? I don't know if he was... I don't know if it was that he wasn't properly used. I mean, you saw a lot of the tape. His effort wasn't didn't appear to be amazing at times. Like his yeah. blocking, you could tell he just didn't care. But then that pulls into the question is why do you have Jimmy Graham blocking? That, mm-hmm. that, that's a concept. I'm not him to be a receiver. Like you shouldn't have signed him to be a blocking tight end. He should have been stretched or, or put out to the wide side, you know, for jump balls and things like that. Um, so, but for me, I go into next year with Robert Tanyan and two draft picks as your tight ends. That's just not something you can do. If they're going to be going for it again, like they're not going to be, they're not in a full rebuild. So they're, I think they do spend some capital, uh, most likely second round, late first round. I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think 12 would be number 12 pick would be involved in a tight end spot. Um, that'd be my guess. But the, the two kids from, from Iowa are, are drawing higher uh, marks from everybody in the Twitter world about, you know, going to the Packers. I see, you see all the mock drafts have the Packers grabbing a tight end normally at right at 30. Um, so I'm completely comfortable. I'd like to see him get a second chance with Rodgers, have him see if he can be invigorated with the new offense and learning the new system. And hopefully it's a little bit more tight end friendly than the last one. Sure. For me, I'm okay with it. I think I'm okay with it too. Um, look, Graham has shown glimpses of greatness in his career. Um, I think maybe heading into next year with some lower expectations, people already are assuming that he shouldn't be on the team. He shouldn't be a part of the offense, stuff like that. I, I think if he could get close to what he was a few seasons ago, I think Rodgers can do the rest and make him a, a viable part of the offense. So I, I don't really see trying to fully rebuild that the tight end position either. He's a veteran. I see nothing wrong with it, to be honest. Yeah, I think, Steve, you made a good point by talking about how he's not, like, a legit tight end. Like, he is not going to be blocking. He shouldn't be on a line. You know, he should be playing in the slot, uh, utilizing that sense. And I could chalk some of that up to just the McCarthy game plan, maybe misusing him a little bit. Uh, The frustration on that team was palpable at times, certainly for fans and for Aaron Rodgers too. Jimmy Graham probably uh, feeling some of that frustration as well. Oh yeah, I mean you you know everybody was getting frustrated, like the same stale play calling. I, and I know he they threw out the playbook and they redid everything. I'm sorry, they didn't do that. <laughs> they they added they they added some wrinkles. They did some 
they stole a couple plays here and there, but for the most part, it was the same old McCarthy stupid crap that we'd been used to, um, which was innovative, innovative like 10 years ago, but now everybody knows how to play it. So you don't really have to worry about it. Like the same isolation routes, the same type of things of, Hey, just go beat your guy and Aaron will get you the ball. Well, that, that kind of doesn't work anymore. You gotta, gotta be able to do some scheming of the guys open. And I know that's a hot, hot phrase now is, Oh, you know, I scheme everybody open, but I mean, you gotta be a little bit more flexible in your play calling. So, I mean, I think you could tell everybody by the end of it was just frustrated and, I, again, I think it was a move that needed to be made to get rid of McCarthy and kind of just give everybody a new voice in the locker room. And I think McCarthy will get a head coaching job next year, and I think he'll do well. You think he'll be a head coach next year? Yeah, I think so. I think he wants to be in the right position. Like, I mean, if all those reports are true, he could have had the Arizona job and the GM job in Arizona. Oh, Wow. Uh, they they were ready to give him full control, but from all the reports were saying, you know, um, he wants to stay closer to home. He's got, uh, he, I think, he's stepdad to two younger kid, like high school kids, and he wanted to make sure that they were staying in the same schools and stuff like that. And so he didn't want to go too far. And I think Arizona was out of the question. Do you think he'll be a coach like this next year starts? Yeah, after everybody gets fired next year. <laughs> You know, I'm sure there's a, there'll be a good seven to eight coaches like in the axe, and then he'll he'll be up for a couple of those jobs. So as we uh, head into the off season, free agency, and then ultimately the draft, I would just like to go on record and, and just take part in a, a moment of catharsis. Like the draft, I'm not saying it's my least favorite time of the NFL calendar, but it's my least favorite time of the NFL calendar. There's just the the mocks. And the combine and the hand size and and the the videotaping of practice from like 40 rows up in the bleachers. Like, it's just, I love that it's like a, a, like a democratized sort of no man's land. So like, if you hustle and you want to get yourself down the mobile and talk to these coaches and make a name for yourself, that's great. You know, Matt Miller at Bleacher Report did that. That's great. More power to him. But I personally have just like kind of overwhelmed by it all and and steve not in a good way at all (laughs) see we are we are polar opposites of this now don't get me wrong combine like hand measurements all this kind of shorts workout stuff i don't like that stuff That, that doesn't do anything for me i mean i'd be thoroughly intrigued to see what would happen if teams did a draft right after the you know the national championship is done yeah and then if there was another draft that they redrafted after you know everybody does workouts and things like that i would love to see the difference because people can talk themselves into so many different things like like dwayne haskins is all of a sudden a top 10 quarterback coming out of nowhere <laughs> like he started he started 14 games i mean i get it he's got the talent and everything like that and you need quarterbacks but they're at the beginning of the year so it's just that like it kind of drives me crazy, the combine stuff and talking everybody up. But for me, I love this time of year. I know they are stupid. And we talked about this before the show even started. Like if you're on your seventh, like mock draft 7.0 and it's in January, that's dumb. That is really (laughs) dumb. (laughs) Because free agency hasn't started. You're going to fill some holes with free agency. You're going to do some other things. Like there's, but I can tell you, like, 
this is my my like Kardashians or whatever is I eat <laughs> I eat up mock drafts like I will just judge them and like look at everything that's being done and said and like why the hell would you make that pick that's just stupid I've seen him go as high as number four why would you have him dropped to number twenty one I could eat that stuff <laughs> and actually it's really funny you said you're going to be taking a small sabbatical from the Pack a Day podcast until. Uh, football-related things start up again. Yeah. Uh, so this is your last show. And we actually, Trev and I didn't realize you were doing this show, so we were actually planning on doing a mock draft. Oh, were you really? <laughs> so yeah, it's a little you, teaser. So our yeah. next episode is going to be a mock draft. Yeah, you lucked out, Josh. You won't need to be a part of that. And <laughs> yeah, I, I figured I wouldn't do that to you. No, that I mean, it's not like you guys had something lined up already. And, and yeah, like I literally do not enjoy – this time of year, just because it's all conjecture, it's all fan fiction, uh, it's subjective, and I don't like to get excited about any of these guys until I see them on an NFL roster, and then it's like, okay, how does he fit? Uh, how does he scheme? What are the who's he up against in terms of getting playing time? And that to me is infinitely more interesting than measuring a guy's hand or like watching him, uh, you know, catch balls in Indianapolis. And that's just, that's my opinion. I know I'm, I'm a clear minority, Steve. I think a lot of people uh, enjoy reading that stuff, especially when it's like, you know, April and uh, nothing else is going on. Uh, not for me is all I can say. I think, I think the mock drafts are just out there for fans to have something to complain about once football's done. Um, it always kind of bothers me how, Whoever's drafted for your favorite team, there's always someone better, according to all these fans. And I'm always interested in hearing, seeing what teams go for in terms of, I mean, if you're a team in total rebuild, are you looking at someone who's um, got a higher ceiling? Or are you looking at someone who's NFL ready now? Um, Steve mes- mentioned Dwayne Haskins. I think he's one of the most talented players at quarterback we've seen in, in years. I mean, we've had a lot of talented quarterbacks, but I don't think he's ready right now. So is that something a team will want to invest in? Or I know I think Oregon's quarterback, he he was going to be in it, and then he, he withdrew Herbert, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's someone who could probably be on an NFL team, maybe even starting for some teams. But to me, and this is just my opinion, I don't think he's going to get that much better. But I mean, well, the funny thing with him too. I know we're now driving, going into draft details, which is gonna <laughs> just piss Josh off. But I mean, the funny thing is, is he's coming back. He was a clear, he was most likely the clear cut number one quarterback coming in, and now he's going to be dropping to like third out of the quarterbacks because uh, Alabama, Tua Tagovailoa, whatever however you pronounce that, that was pretty good. That was good. Yeah, bad, got it. I figured I'd, I'd mumble, I'd mumble through it. Uh, so. I mean, Nailed going in, it. he's the clear-cut number one. Jake, Jake Fromm is going to be right up there. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, he's potentially dropping in. But, yeah, I mean, coming back for a senior year. But this is, like, yeah, for me, like, I love looking at that stuff. I like doing that. Yeah, combine, not quite. I don't love that as much. Um, I think you can build yourself up. I think guys can build their draft stock and – like the tape will tell you what kind of player you're getting, not just how many reps they can do and how fast their 40 time is and all that kind of stuff. I think it plays a factor into it. Like, yeah, I sure. just remember last year with Josh Allen. Well, he played at Wyoming. They didn't play anybody worth mentioning. And right. I mean, that's just something that teams have to analyze. Is that something that interests you? Like 
do you look at when you're looking at a Packer prospect? Do you look at who he played for, what kind of defenses or offenses he went against? When you're taking into consideration that they're top tier guys and like you know uh, coming from the Alabamas or the LSU or that type of stuff, like normally their competition is up there. So that's where you see most like the SEC, which has the, the highest quality competition. Yeah, I think that makes a difference, and I also think that you know what a guy puts on tape. You know, I, I think that's paramount, you know, and, and like if you're in a bad system or bad fit or maybe you're not getting enough playing time, you know, you can uh, overshadow that a little bit with a good performance. I feel like most of the time this guy, these guys in Indianapolis, they're just trying to, uh, you know, maintain their stock. You know, they've got to hit a certain number on the 40. They've got to hit a certain number in uh, agility drills. And then it's like if they don't hit that, then they just fall down the board. So to me, it's just weird. I, a lot of people love it. I like knowing a little bit about these guys before they actually get picked and get on a team. But I can do that like two weeks before the draft. I don't need to start that right now with all the mocks coming out. But, you know, one lonely, cranky old man's opinion. So with that, uh, we are out of show. We're going to have a new podcast for you tomorrow. Steve and Trevor will be rejoining you in two weeks. Until then, we will all see you on the internet. Go Pack Go. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over against the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over, starts to his left. Now he moves, starts to the right.